Thank you for listening to Because Radio. I'm Sunny Promolo. Recently, I attended the Mama Wichita Center for a report launch that looks to help foster safe spaces for dialogue and relationship building between newcomers and indigenous peoples. With me today is one of the authors of the report, Ali Raza Aladina. Thanks for joining me on Because Radio. Thanks for having me. We're here today for your report launch to foster relations between uh, newcomers and indigenous people. What prompted this project? Well, there are many components. Um, I'll start with my educational background. I did a uh, bachelor's degree in international development studies, and I did my studies at York University in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Um, And then later on, I uh, decided to do a master's in development practice here in Winnipeg, at the University of Winnipeg. And really the focus was more on indigenous development. So looking at development from a very different lens, and kind of localizing development. So we looked at indigenous development, and in the course of my studies, uh, I came to know about something really that I wasn't aware about. And living in Canada as an international student, um, never hearing about you know, the history of Canada and you know, challenges that indigenous communities faced, um, I was really exposed to a new um, area which I thought was quite important for me to know from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So this is where, you know, my quest really started. And part of the program, uh, we have to do two field placements, one locally, one international. And so I decided to do my local field placement with Immigration Partnership Winnipeg and really looking at indigenous newcomer relations. Now, Immigration Partnership Winnipeg had already done some work in this area and they had a report that was uh, out there and published based on focus groups that had happened Um, and so i really looked at that and wanted to expand on the on the research in this area and look at like where do we stand as a city in terms of relationship building again we, we need to also recognize that in 2015 there was um, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that released a report and it had calls to action and out of those, two of them relate to newcomers. So mm-hmm. linking all of that together, where do we stand as a city in terms of relationship building? Um, also considering the fact that Winnipeg has a really important dynamics because it has the largest urban indigenous population, it has a growing newcomer population. So really thought this would be a really good case study and a lot of the findings Uh, on relationship building here could be applied elsewhere Mm -hmm. and we could kind of take a lead. So that's where we started. Uh, During the course of the field placement, we just had general ideas, did a lot of literature review and developed a framework for further research Mm -hmm. and kind of started working on that uh, after the field placement on a voluntary basis. Um, And then came the opportunity of the Emerging Leaders Fellowship Program with the Winnipeg Foundation which I applied for and very fortunately and thankful to the Winnipeg Foundation, they granted us, um, you know, we, ha- we got a grant to actually work on this and that's where the process actually started. That's awesome. Can you speak to any personal experiences as a newcomer coming to Canada or any stories that you may have heard of throughout your time as a newcomer? Sometimes you're not given the appropriate information, correct? Yeah, well, when I decided to move from Toronto to Winnipeg, mm everyone was like warning me where are you going and Winnipeg is such a bad place and it's you know there's racism and 
um, you're just bombarded of information that, quite frankly, after coming here, realize were really f- not true, mm-hmm. uh, misinformed. Um, of course, they uh, these information came through media and whatever information goes around, stereotypes. Uh, and then even coming here, um, um, I was warned by a lot of people, uh, you need to be careful of this and that, and really full of not accurate information or very partial information. So, um, and I've been part of a lot of different programs and just hearing the experiences of others that, you know, these kind of things happen even sometimes for newcomers prior to arriving. They get these sort of information. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really shocking to me. And I am very... um, I could say a few words of appreciation for my master's program because it really focused and had a an indigenous lens very much incorporated into the program. We had elders teaching us, a lot of community workers, people working with indigenous communities. So really exposed, and we had an orientation within that where we went to a reserve for, I believe, three, four days, uh, interacting with the community. And for me, it was really touching because I got to see so many commonalities on a personal ground, right? Mm. Uh, A lot of the things uh, that I could relate to, even a lot of the classes that we had, we had an indigenous worldview uh, class with an elder and using different methods. uh, And I could really connect to those. And I'm like, these are things that we share so much and never talk about. Also, one more thing that I can add is I have a lot of family and friends. um, For example, some of them based in Toronto, and a lot of people, I feel, and I've heard this, really want to know about indigenous peoples. How can they, you know, start building relations? How can they get involved in that process? How can they be allies? And there isn't much knowledge about that. So coming from that as well um, played a, a role into me kind of figuring things out and into this quest. Absolutely. So it, it became pretty personal for you as yes, well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned the process already, but can you give us a little more about what steps were needed in order to create this booklet? Because it's pretty in-depth. I read it myself, and it's it's an amazing publication. So yeah. like you met with elders. Like what are, what are some of the things that were required to get something like this mm-hmm. put together? Yeah. I'd like to acknowledge my research partners, Jenna Wirch and Darian Morton. Uh, Very earlier on, um, when we got the grant and had started to do some work, uh, they approached us, uh, you know, through Aboriginal youth opportunities to be involved in this. And I really took that uh, seriously and was very thankful that they joined in. And we actually worked together on this. Um, immigration Partnership Winnipeg helped us reach out to their networks of you know agencies serving newcomers, a lot of different community workers, and Jenna was instrumental in connecting me to indigenous you know uh, elders, leaders, activists, community workers, and she came with me to the interviews mm-hmm. and really helped uh, you know collecting information, gathering stories and experiences. Darian was also s- very central and helped me throughout. Uh, with the research methods, ethics, um, also in analyzing the information and editing and proofreading the whole uh, report. There was a lot of collaboration throughout. Of course, Immigration Partnership Winnipeg was essential in connecting to different people. 
Um, also, when we had gathered all the data and analyzed it, the initial draft, we shared it with a lot of roundtables. For example, the indigenous newcomer sector table, uh, Immigration Partnership Winnipeg has a few tables with community members. Uh, so the indigenous newcomer sector table, um, the indigenous consultation circle. So they, we, we kind of shared those findings, got feedback from a lot of people, tried to incorporate that, consider them. And then uh, once we had a final draft done, we shared it with also like leading experts to get their feedback and see if everything is written appropriately. Um, so all these different collaborations, we moved on to having it translated to French because we thought it's mm. important, not only th during this research, but also looking at materials on previous research that were done on this topic. Uh, we've seen, uh, you know, um, a demand to have these kind of resources Absolutely. translated in French uh, as there is a lack of resources. Um, and yeah, and then we moved along with other logistics such as having the, the project, the report designed. Uh, we again consulted or, you know, collaborated with the different organizations and people who could share pictures that we could incorporate and kind of make it uh, visually appealing and include community, you know, initiatives. So capture little pieces of everything and put them together. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about the publication itself. What can people expect to see inside that publication? Like, I know there's something about territorientation. Oh, territorientation. Like, like yes. Yeah. Give us an example of what people can expect to see inside this mm -hmm. report. So the report has three main components. And those were um, our aims when we were doing the research. Um, first is, where do we stand as a city in terms of relationship building? And here we, we gathered uh, information from the different participants that we talked to as to where, where they think um, we stand. And uh, we attempted to collect different initiatives that are happening or that have happened in the past currently happening or you know and those are compiled as an inventory and you can find them in the appendix and then you know n using um, you know considering all these initiatives what sort of has worked in relationship building so that's the second part where we discuss uh, wise practices for relationship building and here we have different parts. It's a bit detailed, so I would not like to go <laughs> too much into it. Um, but you mentioned territory orientation, and that falls into uh, the different methods, what we call the modus operandi, which are different methods through which relationship building can be established. And one of them is territory orientation. And that, this is a word that came through deliberation between three indigenous uh, activists, young activists, when they were discussing and, you know, uh, thinking about I indigenous peoples welcoming newcomers at the airport. And this word came out of that. So territorientation came out of that. There is uh, different other methods such as storytelling, activism and allyship, meeting role models, sports, life skills, etc. Mm. So this is the second part. And the third, which is more of an actionable uh, item, is basically we collected recommendations for the development of an orientation toolkit. Mm. This was something uh, very essential, important 
uh, especially for Immigration Partnership Winnipeg, they really want to work on this and they've already started the process. Uh, and so this, all these kind of, uh, all these findings that we discussed kind of are to inform uh, the development of a toolkit. Ah. So we there outlined some of the recommendations in terms of what should go into this toolkit, uh, how sh- it should be delivered, and uh, so these aspects were kind of dealt with in this uh, section. What would you hope that this report accomplishes overall? Well, I really hope that, um, I wouldn't say just organizations, but really everybody gets implicated into really working towards relationship building. Um, I'm speaking from a new newcomer perspective, of course, but this is really essential for the future of the country that as newcomers we see it as part of our identity to kind of work on this, be involved in this. Um, and we kind of outline different ways through which this can be done and organizations should be there to support these. So I really hope these white practices are considered and organizations at least pick a few of them and try to uh, partner with other organizations and have initiatives that work towards that. And um, really hoping that the orientation toolkit, which is something really asked and demanded by the settlement sector, this is developed it will take some time but we really hope that you know it is done in a correct and appropriate way incorporating a lot of these recommendations and making it uh, accessible and that that's the the kind of one of the um subsections of the when, when we discuss the recommendations on the orientation toolkit to have a, a living document so something that is continuously updated centralized accessible to community workers Everyone, technically, and really hoping that it's not limited to Winnipeg, moves beyond and other cities, um, really nationally, we could use this as a resource and get involved in reconciliation. Speaking of being accessible, where can people find this report? How can people get a hold of it? Immigration Partnership Winnipeg has it already on their website. So if you go on Mm -hmm. Immigration Partnership Winnipeg, it should be on their uh, main homepage, you would find the link. The Social Planning Council of Winnipeg also has it uploaded on their website. And Manso, Manso also has it on their website. If you go in the resource section, you should be able to find it. It's in both English and French. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you again, Ali Raza. Um, before I let you go, though, is there anything else that you would like to add about this all? All I can say is this report and a lot of the work that went behind it There is a lot of people involved in this and uh, mainly people who share their stories. We just try to put them together and a lot will find that a lot of the things that are outlined there are not new. These are known to community members, support workers. They were just dispersed out there and we made an attempt to put them together. So really, really like to acknowledge everyone involved in this. Thank you so much. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org.